and others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. He said to them, who do you say I am? Simon Peter replied, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus answered him, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father who is in heaven. Dearly Father, too many times we um, find ourselves in a unique situation, especially on holiday weekends, our minds wander and our thoughts go to a million different places. I know, dear Heavenly Father, even as I stand here and pray that I'm already thinking about tomorrow or the day after, so please forgive me. I ask, dear Heavenly Father, this day, because that's such a huge question when people say, who do you say I am? When Jesus said that, I pray, dear Heavenly Father, that we press into a higher calling, that we sense you, that this Sunday may not be a normal Sunday. I pray for the pastor who's sharing the word. I pray, dear Father, that we would be locked in, that nothing else matters. I pray, dear Father, for um, especially my, for my older saints that we celebrate the red letter words of the gospel. There's something so unique, personal, and intimate about that. So give us ears to hear and a heart that's soft. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. 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 Thank you very much. Well, good morning again, church. My name is Isai Garcia. I'm one of the pastors and church planter in Bridgeton. And I have the honor, I, it's a privilege to me to be here and to be able to bring a closing to the book of Colossians, this letter that Paul wrote. And we've been diving deep for the last few months. Sometimes we, we think that we cannot get enough out of one verse. And it's, we, we dedicate weeks to a couple of verses. Now, today... It's not going to be an easy task to make a summary of all of that that we have been learning, but I'm going to try to focus on what was the purpose of this letter. But before, I don't know if this is too loud, it's good. Um, let me tell you a little story. Okay, there was this man waiting for his favorite artist concert to finish. Okay, he made a huge investment on this expensive ticket just to get in the right place, okay? He had all the posters, he knew all the lyrics, so he was a hardcore fan. And he was waiting to have his souvenir of the day autographed by, by this favorite artist. So he has been following this artist since she first auditioned in this reality show and attended to almost every concert. He knew the lyrics to perfection, not just the hit songs, was one of the first to tailgate the Ticketmaster even camping the night before if it was necessary to get the tickets. Knew her personal life details and even had purchased this golden pass. When the time came, a big bunch of fans hurtled towards the same goal. But they were stopped by this massive guy with chase. So she was rushing out this artist to... Um, get out of the, of the place, and her friend, in a final attempt to get her attention, yelled, but I know you, followed by that nickname that only the hardcore fans knew. So she turned for a second, and the guy, the big guy with shade said, like, do you know this man? She looked around and said, like, no. She kept going. And this man yelled the most famous phrase that we've heard before, but I'm your biggest fan. So, poor guy. This story, 
I mean, I, maybe we cannot relate to that precise story, but we understand one thing. It's not the same to know everything about somebody that just to have that connection, to have been able to meet that person in, in front of one another. So today, we have been introduced to who Jesus is through the letter of Colossians. We have been following from verse 1 to the last verse of the, of, the, uh, of the letter, something that Paul wanted to make clear, that we know who Jesus is. And why do I say this? Just it's filled with who Jesus is, what he does, who we are, and how are we to respond to that. I don't know if that rings the bell to somebody, but before in, in several sermons, we have been hearing the gospel. And I know, I'm not going to teach you anything new, and I love it. You already heard this before. The gospel and the true gospel comes from this correct order of the things. So, so that was the concert. I forgot to click the thing away. Anyway, so Jesus is above all and in every moment. That is the focus of the letter of Colossians. And when we hear that, we, we say, well, of course, Jesus is the right answer. Whenever you're in, in Bible school and somebody asks, a teacher asks something, Jesus is the right answer, correct? In this case, yes, it's the right answer. Paul has been trying to make that clear. So the true gospel goes like this. In this, in this uh, focus of Jesus, who Jesus is, what he does, who we become, and how we respond. Any alteration to that order brings a different concept. If we try to start, and Pastor Greg shared this a few weeks ago, if we try to start from the bottom up, like how we respond first, then we become legalistic, and we try to do everything in our own strength. So we're going to go one by one about what Paul mentioned about Jesus. So who Jesus is? Here we go. There we go. Thank you. And I'm going to try to make a summary in one verse that everything the letter says. He is the image of the invisible God. Many, many, many things have been said about Jesus throughout time. They were said before he arrived. They were said that during the time he was on earth. And many are said today about who Jesus is. And if we take out this, he is the image of the invisible God, out, then we have a different gospel right there. So Paul is saying, first, he is, he is God. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. And if we think about this, again, this is not new. But many false gospels have come out of just taking this part. Jesus is just a simple man. He was a good prophet. He was a righteous person. But no, he was, and he is the firstborn of all creation. He is before all things. And, him, and in him all things hold together. So if you have ever wondered, what, what is 
the position of Jesus in all of this, uh, the salvation and the universe? Well, he is the centerpiece of it. Everything is holding together in him. So once we understand who Jesus is, then the right question is, well, what did he do? Right? So if we have who, he, who Jesus is, why did he come here to the world? What Jesus does, I could also uh, summarize it in this verse. For in him, all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell. And through him, to reconcile to himself all things. So Jesus' job, besides being the greatest thing in the universe, was to reconcile everything else that fell short from that. And that's us. So, again... When I was telling Pastor Greg the focus of this sermon, he said, well, you're not going to share anything new. They have heard it enough times, right? You have heard enough times that Jesus came to die for you. But here I am to tell you again that he came to restore a relationship that was lost. That relationship was broken. There was nothing we could do to restore it. And yet he came and his work in earth was to restore all things through his death, through his life, through his resurrection. So that's what Jesus does and who we become. So we are qualified to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. This is a small verse that summarizes so much have you ever wondered if what Jesus did was enough? Well, you are qualified to the inheritance of Jesus. Jesus deserves the, the universe. You remember the temptation that Satan brought to him was, if you worship me, I will give you all the kingdoms of the earth. And Jesus uh, stand in the temptation and said, all the glory goes to God, not, not to you, and certainly I don't need that. God gave these same kingdoms as an inheritance. He received everything. And you are qualified through his, through his work to receive this inheritance. And I'm not talking about going to the next kingdom around the corner and take it. That's not. And even the disciples got it wrong at that moment. But then he received all the inheritance and we receive it with him. And the last but not least part of this gospel is how we respond. And this is what we have been praying through all these weeks. Asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. So as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord. Fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God. So this is how a son of God will respond. Bearing fruit, getting, having the knowledge of him by the Spirit, and, in, and increasing in this knowledge of God. So you say, well, that's not new again. What happens? What happens when we just know about somebody but we don't know him personally 
you remember this story about the biggest fan, I call it? That is, that is something that we could tend to have to, to, to be. Can you please click the next? Thank you. So this biggest fan had thought that he knew that person because he understood everything about, about her. In our case, we have been presented with all the information about Jesus. But the important thing I want to make sure you understand and you go out and enjoy uh, Memorial Weekend with this in your mind. Do I know him or do I just know about him? This is a very deep question, my friends. If we can with certainty answer that, we have the peace that overpasses every understanding. We know him. There is one uh, passage that is the, maybe the most scary passage of all the Bible to me. It says, can you please? Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do many things? mighty works in your name, and then I will declare to them, and that says, it's a little trick, but I never knew you, depart from me, you evildoers. That is the most scary verse to, for me in the Bible. You can think that you know him, and suddenly you can receive this kind of an answer. It's, it's scary. However, and this is how I want you to take this, he has done everything needed for you to know him. Amen. He has taken every single step of the way, making sure you get to know him. If it would depend on us, no way. There's nothing we can do to increase this. The important thing is that we depend on him, and he did all the work, and we can rely that it is enough. Throughout Colossians, we have been hearing this again and again. And as we close this amazing letter, I want to remind you that he has done everything that you needed to be safe, to be saved from your sin, to be reconciled with God, to be called a qualified inheritor, if that's a word, of the inheritance of Christ. Qualified. Can you believe that? You are qualified. Everything that you tell yourself, lies. You are qualified. He has done that. And you can trust in him. So I would like to encourage you to do something in this week or in this couple of days, go to the website and find those sermons about Colossians that you like the most and hear them again. Again, we are surrounded by inner culture, and this is new to me. I came to the States. I never heard Jesus' name so much in everything, and I love it. However, we are so surrounded by it that we can become blindsided, that we can think that, oh, yeah, 
I, I, I know him. I know the nickname. I know everything. I, I would never would like you to go there and say, Jesus, I know you, and say, I never knew you. That is terrifying. These are some fatal questions that I would like you to go home and talk with your, with your family about. And it's, what are some foul, false gospels that you have come to hear about Jesus? Is he the same Jesus of the Bible that you've been hearing around? Have you come to believe any of them in your heart? In, in the honesty of your house, try to answer them. Can you identify areas in your life where you consider Jesus as an optional resource? Is Jesus enough or he's just one accessory that I can take and turn on and use and turn off? Do you personally know Jesus or do you know about him only? My friends, I have asked some of you to read out loud something. And the, the Jesus, what he does, who he is, how we relate to him, who we, we become, regarding Jesus is mentioned a lot of times, about 80 times. And praise yourselves, we're going to read him. But in this, this is going to be the instructions. We are going to have some time to close our eyes. And I invite um, Charles to, I don't know if he's around, but he can come whenever he's ready. Uh, we're going to take some time to go through this. It's a list. It's, a, it's an exhaustive list. The invitation that I do for you is, yes, maybe there is a chance I don't know him. However, listen to these words. Close your eyes if you want if you can, or just keep them open, we're going to go ahead and read this list. Please pay attention. I'm going to start with this. Jesus rescued us from the dominion of darkness. Jesus brought us into his kingdom. Amen. Jesus gave us redemption. Fullness of God dwells in Jesus. Jesus reconciled all things to himself, earthly and heavenly. Yes. Jesus makes peace through his blood. Jesus makes
Jesus, thank you. All that we hear here is for you. It's from you. It's for your glory. Allow us to go deep today in these words. Thank you for all you have done. Thank you for all you will do. Would you, would, would you be dwelling with us in our houses today? Would you be dwelling with us here today? Would you be dwelling today with those that were not able to come? Thank you because we have all this hope. All of these words are true about you. And it's in your name that we pray. Could ever satisfy. 